Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey, welcome back to church. If you notice me limping, uh, that's I just uh, had an accident a couple of weeks ago, but I'm here and we're all here. Tim, it's great to see you here. Welcome. It's great to have you all here this morning. Hey, I'm going to open up to Psalm 23, and we're going to read a couple of verses this morning. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I heard a... a, a and one of the kids' church leaders come to one of, a group of the kids at kids' church one Sunday and say to the kids, hey, kids, who can quote any of Psalm 23? Who can tell me what Psalm 23 said? And a couple of kids kind of sheepishly kind of put up their hands slowly. And, and there was one little girl who was about four years old, sprang to her feet and started yelling very, very excitedly and said, the Lord is my shepherd and I got all I need. And all of the kids laughed and everyone had a great time. But, but I, wanna, I want us to let those words sink into our lives this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got all I need. From the mouth of the little ones of our church. From the mouth of the little ones, let those words sink in this morning. See, she might got those words not quite 100% correct. But it's probably better than a lot of us would probably get. You know, it's, here she is. She got the heart of what God was trying to say perfectly through this. See, the, Psalm 23 is, is no doubt the most, one of the most known, if not the most known psalm, if not one of the most known passages throughout the Bible. And yet we face a challenge. It's, it's the same challenge as when we read psalm, uh, uh, John 3.16. We know it so well and yet... We can allow, because we know it so well, if we're not careful, we can face the danger of missing the depth and the power of these words. So let me read them again this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. See, David begins this psalm with these words, The Lord is whose shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. And, and, and David begins it, and, and yet, you know, we, we think about it, you know, David, what was, what was, why was it so significant that David would start this psalm, The Lord is my shepherd? Because who remembers what David's job was before he was King David? Who remembers David's job before he was King David and before he met Goliath? Who remembers what David's job was? He was a what? He was a shepherd. And, and, and so David knew intricately what it was like to be a shepherd. David understood exactly what it was like to be a shepherd, to look after a group of sheep, a flock of sheep. See, David knew that the role of a shepherd was to look after. The role of a shepherd was to guide. A role, a, the role of the shepherd was to watch over, was to lead and protect a flock of sheep. In fact, did you know that the Bible actually talks about this 200 different incidences or different moments in the Bible that the, the, the Bible actually refers to and talks about sheep? 
Now, let me put it in context. There's 310 different moments in the Bible where, where God talks about His love for us. And so clearly the concept of the idea or the, the, the notion of being sheep is a really significant part of what the Bible talks about. But if you've been anywhere near a sheep, now my uncle, my uncle was a sheep farmer and he had thousands of different sheep. And so we would go up each Christmas to visit Uncle Ivan and, and to see his sheep. And if you've been anywhere near sheep, you know that sheep stink. You know that sheep are smelly, they're stubborn, they're prone to wandering, and they're, pro and they're, they're not overly smart. And, and yet, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David pens these words, inspired by God, to show us something about the heart of God for us. See, David starts this, this, this psalm, Psalm 23. He starts off by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And, and I don't know about you, but, but as I read those words, we have this beautiful image of what that must have been like. And if you're anything like me, you know, you kind of think green pastures look something like this. You know, and we look at that and we go, you know what? How many of us are sitting there going, we're starting to think and Google, how does my lawn look as green like that? I don't know, is that what happens when you get old? Like I start to watch YouTube clips of like people making their lawn look really nice. You know, when I think about the words that David pens here, you know, he leads us beside green pastures. This is what I think of, rolling hills with beautiful grass and animals and sheep feeding off it and all of these beautiful things. But I don't want to burst your bubble. I don't want to burst your bubble, but... If you've ever seen what pastures looks like in Israel times, actually even still today, they look something more like this. Brown desert with just little moments and spots and bits of grass around the place. It's not like what I thought the green pastures would look like. See, in, in regions of Israel, shepherds predominantly led their sheep into wilderness, and most of them were desert regions. And scientists actually tell us, even to today, that what would happen is overnight the wind would blow off the Mediterranean Sea through humidity, and it would land, and it would, this moisture would land in the, the, the rocky and the, 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 the sheltered areas, the, the shaded areas of the environment around. And what would happen is over the night, blades of grass would spring up because of this moisture that landed there. Blades of grass would spring up overnight. And this was the, this was the blades of grass that the sheep would, field on, would feed on. See, at first glance, you, you look at something, a picture like that, and, we, and we, we think of green pastures, and this not what we thought it would look like. You know, we look at these green pastures, we think more of barren, rocky wasteland. But this is where the shepherds would take their sheep. And they would get up early in the morning before the sheep had kind of aroused and kind of got themselves up and everything else. The shepherd would head out early in the morning and they would look around the surrounding areas to try and find areas where there was enough grass to, free, to feed their flock of sheep. And so then they would lead their sheep to these areas. And in these areas, the, the sheep would, would have enough feed to take a mouthful or two of grass before that was all that was there. And so they would look up to the shepherd to lead them to the next little part of grass so they could take a mouthful, a little one or two more mouthfuls. And they would look back to the shepherd and he would provide them and lead them to another spot of green grass. See, what struck me as I read this psalm again with new eyes 
is that if we picture a green, the green pastures that looked like, you know, that first photo of the, the beautiful green and, and, and everything else. You know, if we, if we think about the green pastures that David was referring to as something like this, why would the sheep need a shepherd? Why would the sheep need these pastures? Because they've got all of the grass they could possibly ever need. Why would the sheep need a shepherd if this is what they were feeding on? See, they had everything they would need. They didn't need a shepherd. But in the deserts, the sheep would learn that what they needed most was a shepherd that they could trust. What they needed, what they needed most and what they learned to understand was that they needed a shepherd that they could depend on. See, we all want meadows of tall grass in our lives. You know, moments where everything is warm and fuzzy, everything is going really, really well. But God wants us to depend on Him for every single mouthful. Have you ever noticed that it's, that it's easy to follow the shepherd when, when the grass is green and there's plenty of it? Have you ever noticed, in other words, you know, it's, it's easy to follow Jesus when things are going well and there's no pain and there's financial stability and relationships are going well and, and everything is good and the kids are behaving themselves and all of the stuff. It's easy to follow Jesus when all the things are going well. But what happens when things look a little bit sparse? What happens when it seems like there's not enough? What happens when there's a pain and there's heartache? What, what happens when, when, when the shepherd begins to put his finger on something in our lives, something in our lives, and he asks us to call us to obey and, and to do that thing or to, to go that place that we may not necessarily want to? How many of us in those moments attempted to and, and maybe, maybe we've done it, maybe actually I have done it in my past, where, where I've actually said, you know what, God, I, I, I loved, I love, I love that you saved me from my sins. I know, I love that you're, that you're with me and for me. I love that you helped me with my problems. God, I love that, that you sent your son to pay for my debts on the cross. But, but God, can you leave that area of my life alone? You know, God, 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 that's just a little bit too personal. God, I, I know this is going to sound really bad. And, and please hear my heart in this moment. You know, but, but God, can you mind your own business? So when we ask God in our lives, he invite, we invite him to meddle in our affairs. And so he calls us, and so, so, he, so he begins to point out areas in our lives that need some work, needs some, need some things to address on it. And yet, we often think that in those moments that God is the fun police, He's come to steal the joy out of our lives, but the God came. See, see, David here reminds us that the Lord is our shepherd, that God came to shepherd and to guide and to lead and to protect and to provide for us. And yet, why is it that we struggle? Why do we struggle with this? And I was thinking about it during the week, going, why do I struggle with this? Why do I struggle to surrender to God? Why do I, why do I struggle at times to trust Him as my shepherd? Because I reckon we, we wrestle with this concept of lordship. And I reckon that, that, that lordship is one of, the, one of the fundamental issues of our generation. See, let me explain it like this. That when we become Christians, we yield to the lordship of Christ. We acknowledge his ownership of our lives and we give up our personal rights. And, 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 and as we do this, 
We need to become totally and unreservedly obedient to Him. So as, as, the Lord, as the Lord is the Lord of your life, there's going to be moments where He's going to lead us. He's going to ask us to do things that we don't want to do. Ask us to go places that we may not want to go. But when we accepted Jesus, our Lord and Savior, as we gave Him the Lordship of our life, we're called to be obedient to what He calls us to. See, this is why David understood, and this is why David here talks about and refers to shepherd and sheep, because David knew full well what it was like to live in the shoes that we live in, to go through similar challenges that we face. And the shepherd, see, he knew that the shepherd's responsibility was to look after the flock of sheep. He knew that it was the responsibility to provide and protect this group of sheep that he'd been trusted to. And he knew that he wants the best for them. See, God wants the best for you. The shepherd wants the best for each one of us, even when we don't understand it, even when we don't see it. And it's the same with our heavenly father. Because David goes on to say in verse three and four, he says this, he refreshes my soul. So he leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along paths of righteousness or right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, some translations say the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff protect me. See, the sheep don't know where they need to go. The sheep don't know where they need to go to, a, to, to get some feed to be provided for, to be looked after, to, be, to find a place of safety. The sheep don't understand where they should and where they shouldn't go, but the shepherd does. And, and you know, I find it so interesting as David here talks about, you know, that, that, that we, we head into the valleys of the shadow of death. You know, we, we think about these, these rolling hills and these beautiful pastures that, that, that he begins the, story, the, 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 the psalm with. And these, these rolling hills and these beautiful places that, that they, had, they would have had to get down to. That they would have had to work their way along these paths. And after years of walking along and trekking along these paths, all the way down the hill to safely get to the bottom where the, where the green grass was. These were the paths that David was fer- re- remembering and referring to when he says he, he walks us along right paths. But then David gets to verse 4. And if you ever wondered, as you read Psalm, Psalm 23, if you ever wondered why the sheep found themselves in that spot, you know, the valley of the shadow of death, I mean, I do. I was thinking about it, going, you know, I wonder why. I mean, maybe they just, maybe they had a bad dream and they went for a wander during the moment. Maybe they need to go to a toilet break. And I don't know. Like maybe, maybe they just, they just slept, walked during that. I don't know why. Maybe they just kind of wandered off, got distracted by something, and they found themselves in the valley of the shadow of death. But actually, David here tells us something interesting. He says that as, as he leads us, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, that, that God leads the sheep, that the shepherd leads the shepherd into the valley of the shadow of death. See, David says that he is guiding, the shepherd guides the sheep. And so the good shepherd comes and he lays them down in green pastures and he leads them beside still waters and, and restores their soul. And then he guides them through the dark valley. How many of us love the first two options? How many of us love the green pastures? How many of us love, you know, the, 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 
leading besides still waters and restoring our souls. How many of us love the first two, but we don't love the valley or the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death? And yet it's important to realize that when life overwhelms us, when challenges come and we're tempted to think that if God truly and really loved you, if God truly and really cared for you, then, then He would never allow you to get into the place and the situation, the dark place that you might be. You know, if God really loved you, He would never let you get into these places. But David thinks otherwise. See, David sees as a shepherd sees. He, he, he sees a group of sheep and and David, David realized that the shepherd isn't scratching his head thinking, how the heck do we find ourselves in this place? I mean, how, how did we get in the valley of Shaman? No, this is what, I mean, we thought we were going that way, and all of a sudden we went this way, and now we're here. See, David doesn't think that he got there by accident, but he knows that the shepherd guides and leads. But the thing that I love is that in those places, in those dark seasons in life, in those moments in life where we wrestle and we, we struggle, that in the midst of the valleys of the shadow of death, He wasn't alone and we're not alone. Every says, I will not fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And He's still here with us too. See, a couple of years back, I was reading through this psalm, and, and, I, and I was, as I was reading through it, you know, and, and we walked, although we walked through the valley of the shadow of death, and there was something that struck me, something that, re, that I realized in that moment, is that for there to be a shadow, there has to be some kind of light. And that no matter the, the dark seasons that we might find ourselves in, that there is always the light of Jesus. That no matter how dark it might seem, that God is always there with us. So the shepherd is there in the darkest valley. And he's actually the one that led them to it, into it, and through it. And he directs us to places and to, think, to do things that we might not otherwise want to or think that we can do. See, Isaiah 55 puts it like this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, this year, this year as I've been praying and, and spending time in this, I've been hearing from the Holy Spirit and, and sensing it very clear that this year God's calling a bunch of us to step out in faith. And maybe this morning, He's calling you to step out in faith and to do something, maybe do something you've never done before. God's calling some of you this morning to just take a step of faith and be baptized. In a few weeks' time, we're going to have a baptism service for the year, the first one for the year. And, 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 and maybe this morning, God's calling you, been prompting you, been, you've been too scared or too whatever it is to go and make that step to make the public declaration of an internal decision. And this morning, you may need to make a decision to get baptized. We want to make it really easy. You've got this QR code sitting in front of you. You can scan it. And you click the Get Connected link that's in there. And you scroll down, it says, and you put your name in. And if you go down, it says, Get Baptized. You click that, and I'll get in contact with you this week. I begin the journey of talking about what that means and how do you do that. What's the process? But see, God's calling some of us to take a step of faith. 
You know, I actually wrote in, in, my, in my notes this week as I was preparing and just sensing God saying that, that this year someone's going to take a step of faith into a new career and a new job. And it was interesting just before the service. So we're going to a new, a new couple that have joined our church. And she said to me, she goes, hey, Dave, actually, you know what? You know what I've just done? I've actually started a new career and a new job just in the last couple of weeks. And I had it in my notes to say that someone this year needs to take a step of faith into a new job and a new career. And I want you to know God's got you as you're walking in this new career and this new season ahead of you. So God's calling some of us to start praying and believing in faith for some loved ones who will come to know Jesus. See, this year, God's calling some of us to get up just 15 minutes early, to spend some time praying and to start a Bible reading plan and, and just begin sort of spending some quality time with God in each and every morning, just 15 minutes, just a little moment of time. See, God's calling some of us this year to, get, to become a regular tither, a regular giver, so that we continue to reach more people with the, with the message of Jesus Christ all around our community, our nation, and our world. See, some of us this morning need to take a step of faith. This year, you're going to take a step of faith, and you're going to join one of our serving volunteer gateway teams and help minister to reach more people. Some of you this morning, and I'm believing that this year, at some point over this year, God is going to put his fingerprints, his handprints on someone here to make us take a step of faith, just like Michael Deacon. Michael Deacon's a young guy who we sent out from this campus who's now serving Jesus in Southeast Asia. And God's calling someone here today. He's calling someone here this year to take a step of faith. But see, the reality is we can either kick and squeal or we can trust the shepherd. So the challenge is, the challenge is that somewhere along the line we've fallen into a consumeristic Christianity that, that says we love God as Savior. We love Him when He loves us. We love the Jesus of the cross that loved us so much that He would die on a cross for us. But, but we're not so sure about Him as Lord. We're not so sure about him as shepherd. See, what we do, church, what we do with our lives reveals what's in our heart. Will you trust him in 2023? Will you give over the reins of your life to him this year? And I was reminded of this just in this past couple of weeks that September last year was 23 years ago when I was 19 years old. And 19 years old, I was running my brother-in-law's swimming pool service business and things were going well and we were making lots of money and things were looking up and all sorts of different things. But then God began to put something on my heart. God began to kind of begin to direct me in a different direction, a direction that I hadn't thought about going before and didn't think I had the abilities or gifts or anything else to kind of head in. And, and, and God began to prompt me and poke me and, and lead me. So I left the business and I went to Bible college and I started interning at my church. And, and, and we'd just gotten newly married, and I had some, I remember having some really close friends coming to me going, Dave, criticizing the decisions that I was making, going, are you sure this is what you should be doing? I mean, if you think about what was going well, and you're just getting married, you're going to want to try and start a family and have kids at some point, you need some stability, you need some of all of these things around you. And I remember questioning, and, and they came to me questioning in love, and trying to counsel me about 
whether this was a great idea, whether it was wise, or whether you're mad and crazy, and probably many still people still ask that question. But see, every single step of that way and every single step of the journey that God had me and Shad and my kids on from that moment has been a moment of choice. Will I limp between two differing opinions? See, will I allow the fear of others to speak louder than the voice of God? Or will I listen and will I obey? See, to be honest, I'd I'd hate to think about where my life would be today if I had have listened to the voice of others. I'd hate to think about, I'd wonder about where this community might be if, if I had have listened to the opinions of people as opposed to the voice of God in the middle of it all. See, I heard someone once say, opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got one and most of them stink. Chatter, <laughs> it helps. Not sure if it helps opinions. <laughs> See, church, don't get me wrong. Seeking wise counsel is a really good idea. It's really important. It's vital for our Christian journey. But it's easier to fear people's opinions over God's opinion, isn't it? It's, it's easier to listen to someone else's words than listen to God's word. But we've got to get, if we're going to go the direction that God's calling us, if you're going to lead the life that God's calling you to lead, you've got to let the voice of God be the loudest voice in your life. And if we're going to live out all that God has called us to live, and everyone is called, every one of you is called, called to be an incredibly godly mom or dad or big brother or big sister or business owner or faithful worker or grandparent or whatever it might be that you do with your lives. If you are called and you are called by God, then you will be called also and faced with a challenge to fear the voice of others over the voice of God. See, at the end of the day, at some point, we are going to stand before God. When all of those opinions and all of the opinions of people around us no longer matter and don't matter at all. And God will ask you and he will ask me, what did you do with the life that I gave you to? What did you do with the life that I've called you to? What did you do with the gifts that I've given you? Did you settle? Did you settle for the opinions of others and the fears of others or did you... Did you live out the life that I've called you to? See, the Holy Spirit, through David's psalm, calls us to listen to God, to allow the good shepherd to guide, to, to allow the good shepherd to, to guide and lead, and for us to be obedient to follow. But having listened, having submitted, having obedient, being obedient to the shepherd, David ends with this psalm. In verse 6, he says this, Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of, your, of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Church, I pray that over every one of us this morning. 
that that might be said about our lives, that surely God's goodness, surely God's love will follow you all the days of your life and you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So church, I want to ask at the beginning of a brand new year, for some it's our second service back, for others like us who have just got back from holidays, it's our first service back. And I want to ask at the beginning of a brand new year, who's in control? <laughs> Amen. Who's in control? Who are you following? See, we live in a culture. We live in a culture that, that values independence, that says we don't need anything or anyone else. But God is calling us to depend on Him, to trust Him as our shepherd, to trust Him as our Lord, to trust Him with our lives, to trust Him with our families' lives, to trust Him with our kids, to trust Him with our futures. God's calling us again through this, through this sign that we know so well, yet so easily can miss the significance. And he's simply saying to us, just as he said to David, who's in control? Who are you following? This morning, what's God asking you? Will you trust? Will you obey the shepherd? Will you trust God with everything. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not talking about trusting God when it's convenient. I'm not, I'm not talking about trusting God when it's easy. I'm not talking about, talking about trusting God when, it, when everything is going well and, and things are fantastic and, and there's stability and, 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 and there's food in the fridge and money in the bank. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about trusting God when it costs. I'm talking about trusting God when it's scary talking about trusting God when we're unsure about what the future holds. I'm talking about trusting God when we're lonely and we desperately need Him. I'm talking about trusting God when, when others question, and it may not necessarily make human sense that we trust God to go, God, I don't understand it, but I trust that you do. And you are the shepherd and I am the sheep. And my job is just to simply to fix my eyes on you for the next day, for my next feed, for my next whatever it is that I need. So church, who's in control? See, sheep might not be smart. But did you know that a, that a sheep can recognize its shepherd's face and its shepherd's voice four years later after not seeing them? Four years later, a sheep, a sheep hasn't seen the shepherd, heard a shepherd, and yet we instantly know the voice of the shepherd. John 10 says this, My shepherd listened to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do we know his voice? This year, what's he calling you to do? Will you trust me? Will you obey me as Lord and will you obey me as shepherd? And this morning, 
team's going to lead us in a song. And I don't know what God's calling you this morning to do. I don't know what situation you might find yourself in. I don't know what, as we read through Psalm 23, I don't know what moment, what, what thing popped out and struck and, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to you this morning. But I want to ask you the question, who's in control and what do you need to do? See, God doesn't encounter us. He doesn't engage with us for no reason, but He, but he speaks to us for a reason to follow Him and to sacrifice something. Maybe this morning it's just simply a sacrifice of praise. The Bible talks about, you know, offering. David says, oh no, sacrifice to God that which costs me nothing. Maybe this year as a church, my prayer is that, that we will go to a next level in our worship and our praise. That we will begin to not want to worry about what people around us think or say or do. There's a moment, there's a story in the Bible where, where David got mostly naked. Okay, not fully, but mostly naked in worshiping God. Now, I'm not, condo- I'm not saying that's a good idea in church. It's not a good idea. Just to clarify, okay, yeah, good. Because he was more concerned about what God thought than what others thought. See, we need to be more concerned about what, other, what God thinks than others think. Maybe we just need to spend some time as we, as the team are going to begin to lead us in worship in a moment. Just going, you know what, God, this year, I need to sacrifice some things in my life, some pride. God, I need to just, I need to take a step of faith. God, in an area in my life. God, this year, today, this morning, I'm going to take that step. Unsure about what the future holds, but sure who holds the future. God, this year I'm going to take a step and see where you guide. God, right now it might seem scary, it might seem unsure, but I thank you that you hold the future. God, that you've got blessed, you've got the best intentions for us. So God, I give you my life church, will you stand with me? I don't know what God's calling you this morning. I don't know what God's been saying over this morning. I don't know what God's been stirring and moving and poking and prodding in your life, but I know that He is doing something. I know that the Holy Spirit's moving across this place and he's and I encourage you this morning let the voice of God be the loudest voice in your life let's not worry about opinions of man about opinions of people around us but let's be so so consumed with the voice of God God I, I need you God I submit my life to you again God I take a step of faith this year unsure about the future but knowing that you hold the future God we don't know what it's going to look like but God see our hearts check our spirits this morning God our heart's desire is God that we want to follow you God we get scared about others opinions we get nervous about other opinions but we know God we want you in control God we want you in the driver's seat not us not me but God you God, we put you back first and foremost. Holy Spirit, we want you in control.
control of our lives, control of our futures. Holy Spirit, guide us. God, in these moments, God, show us the steps of faith that we need to take this year. We need to go get baptized, join a team. We need to get serious about praying and believing that our loved one would come to know you. Will, 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 we, will we get serious about just 15 minutes waking up a little bit early to spend time with you, read and get into a Bible plan and just grow more hungry for you, more desperate for you? hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.